Father in heaven, we know that your glory is your character. For when Moses asked you to show him your glory, you said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So, Father, I ask that you will not only show us your glory, but that your glory will be revealed in us and through us. Give us a deeper understanding of your love, Father, and fill us with your love, that we may give others an understanding of your love as well. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch his have paid 
It is God's deepest desire that we gratefully take hold of everything that he offers us through his grace and boast in Christ's death and resurrection. The Apostle Paul said, For I have determined to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Paul said this because he knew that God's Ten Commandments and all of the truths that God has blessed his people with gain their significance and their meaning when they are practiced and taught within the context of Christ's death and resurrection. Every one of the doctrines that we hold dear as Seventh-day Adventists are centered in Christ. A perfect example of this is the Seventh-day Sabbath. We know from Exodus chapter 20 that when we keep the Seventh-day Sabbath holy, we are worshiping God as creator. The Sabbath expands farther than this. There are other aspects of God's character that we celebrate as well when we observe the Seventh-day Sabbath. One of them we find in Christ's very significant words on the cross, it is finished. These words are significant because when Christ died, he rested over the seventh day. He did this to demonstrate through example the necessity of obedience to all of God's commandments, including the fourth, and he also did it to make a statement. He was letting the world know that just as he had finished his work of creating the world in six days and rested on the seventh, he had now finished his work of redeeming the world and was resting over the seventh day. So when we keep the seventh-day Sabbath holy, we are celebrating God as creator and God as redeemer. The Sabbath goes even further than this. We find it in Ezekiel 12.20 and Exodus 31.13, in which God says that the Sabbath is to be a sign between him and his people so that they will know that he is the one who sanctifies them. This is one of the reasons why Jesus healed on the Sabbath. By healing on the Sabbath, he was letting the world know that by keeping the seventh-day Sabbath holy, they, we are celebrating God as the restorer. So you have the entire gospel message contained in the Sabbath, God the creator, God the redeemer who justifies us, and God the restorer who sanctifies us. None of these components can be left out in true Sabbath observance. If we are trying to keep the Sabbath as a means of entering heaven, we are not really keeping the Sabbath because we are denying God the Redeemer, the God who saves us by faith and not of works. If we are attempting to keep the Sabbath in our own strength, we are not really keeping the Sabbath because we are denying God the Restorer, the God who sanctifies us. Those who will stand at the end and hold true to the seventh-day Sabbath when the seventh-day Sabbath becomes a test. We'll be keeping the Sabbath not as a means of obtaining salvation, but because they already have obtained salvation. Through keeping the seventh-day Sabbath holy, they will be acknowledging that they cannot save or change themselves, 
and that they have taken hold of the one, the only one, who can save and change them. This is the message we give the world in true Seventh-day Sabbath observance. If we see all of God's commandments in this light, and all of the truths that we hold dear as Seventh-day Adventists in this light, when we practice practice them through God's power, and from within the context of Christ's death and resurrection, we will understand what the Apostle John meant when he said that God's commandments are not burdensome, and we will delight in the law of the Lord. How blessed, how happy is the man who will not walk in the way of the ungodly. How blessed, how happy is the man who will not stand in the path of the sinful. How blessed, how happy is the man who will not sit in the seat of the scornful. And it's not hard to understand why God would bless that man. He delights in the of the Lord. He delights in the law of the Lord night and day, day and night. He meditates on all that's right, and he desires nothing more. His delight is in the How happy are the ones who have their hope in a living Redeemer. How blessed, how happy are the ones who will one day see the face of their Savior. But how distressed shall be the ones who turn away from the love of a father unless they come to understand God's kingdom is at hand and they delight in the law of the Lord delight in the law of the Lord night and day, day and night. They meditate on all that's right, and they desire nothing more. 
Their delight is in the law of the Lord. Oh, to be like a tree by the rivers of water, bearing its fruit in season. Should my leaf never wither, should I flourish and prosper, there's a reason. I delight in the law of the Lord. I delight in the law of the Lord. Night and day, day and night, I meditate on all that's right. And I desire nothing more. My delight is in the law. Oh, our delight is in your law. We delight in the law of the Lord. We delight in the law of the Lord. Night and day, day and night, we meditate. We desire nothing more. Our delight is in the law of the Lord. And we desire nothing more. Our delight is in the law of the
judgment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to of God goes deeper than we can even begin to imagine. And God loves us so much that there are times when he will allow us to come to the end of ourselves in order for us to see our weakness and see our need and turn to him. One of my favorite quotes goes like this, courage is not the towering oak that sees storms come and go. It is the fragile blossom that opens in the snow. Sometimes, especially during trials, we think that we have to try and be strong like that towering oak. I spent years of my life trying to be strong, trying to lead others to believe that I was strong. However, the most important lessons I learned in my life, I learned during times when I was broken, when I had no strength, when I was crushed like that fragile flower, when I was frightened, depressed, lonely, when life was falling apart and everything was spinning out of control, when it seemed as though God was far away and silent when I cried out to him. It was during those times, as painful as they were, that I learned lessons that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. And the most important lesson I learned out of all of these is that I am powerless, that without Christ, I can do nothing. I spent a long time trying to overcome a particular struggle in my own strength, and of course, repeatedly being met with failure. Ironically, though, I did not know that I was trying to overcome this struggle in my own strength. However, when God brought this to my attention, he then brought me to the place that I am at now, where I have stopped trying to fight a battle that Jesus has already won, and now surrender that struggle in his hands, 
letting it be his problem, not mine, to take care of in his own time and way. I no longer bear the burden of trying to fix it myself. So often, we try to fight unnecessary battles. And when going through trials, we are told to be strong, or we are told that the trials will make us strong. It is true that the Bible tells us to be strong and of good courage, but the Bible also tells us that God's definition of strength is the opposite of the world's definition of strength. The world teaches us to be self-sufficient. God, however, says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. It is only through seeing our helplessness that we can become strong in Christ. This was a lesson that Peter had to learn. And sometimes, in order for God to get us out of our Laodicean condition, to see that we are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, it is necessary for us to learn what Peter learned. Peter thought that he was capable within himself of remaining loyal to Christ. In fact, Peter was so confident in himself that he thought he could outdo his fellow disciples, even though all should fall away. I will never fall away. Peter meant every word that he said. But when a crisis hit, of all the disciples who remained loyal to Christ, the one who thought he could outdo them all fell the hardest. Not only did he curse and vehemently deny knowing Jesus three times in the presence of Jesus, but he completely forgot that Jesus had even predicted this event until he had denied Jesus for the third time and heard the rooster crow. We are in grave danger whenever we place our foundation on the shifting sands of self-sufficiency. This is why the Apostle Paul said, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And why Ellen White said, you who rely on self are building your house upon the sand. However, Peter's failure was not the end of his story. Within the course of a little over a month, the Peter who had been afraid to acknowledge knowing Jesus in front of a group of servants became the Peter who was one of the boldest evangelists of his day, baptizing thousands, standing up for Christ in front of the religious leaders in the face of threats and persecution, and ultimately dying a martyr's death for Christ. Peter's story will be our story when we finally get out of God's way and let God do the work in us that only he can do. If you are feeling crushed like a fragile flower. Remember that sometimes it is necessary for a flower to be crushed in order for the fragrance to come forth. And there are times when it is necessary for us to experience brokenness in order for God's grace to indwell us and shine through us to others. When we submit ourselves into God's hands, in the midst of our brokenness, we will discover the blessing that lies in brokenness and we will overcome, not by trying really hard in our own strength to overcome sin, but by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony.
and gives me water from the well but there's a hole that seems to drain it all away and once again i'm left in fear and doubt when all my strength is crying out so here i am again willing to be opened up and broken like a flower in the rain tell me what have i to do to die and then be raised to reach beyond the pain like a flower in the rain the evil wind it blows a storm to rock my world just when i think i'm safe and warm i'm led astray far too easily it's always hard for me to say i'm wrong until i know i can't go on so here i am again willing to be opened up and broken like a flower in the rain tell me what have i to do to die and then be raised to reach beyond the pain like a flower in the rain lord you have searched me and all when i sleep and when i rise you're familiar with all my ways even the darkness will shine like the day when you look into my heart so here i am again willing to be opened up and broken like a flower in the rain tell me what have i to do to die and then be raised to reach beyond the pain like a flower in the rain like a flower in the rain my heart is so proud my mind is so unfocused i see the things you do through me as great things i have done and now you gently break me then lovingly you take me and hold me as my father and mold me as my maker i ask you how many times will you pick me up 
When I keep on letting you down And each time I will fall short of your glory How far will forgiveness abound And you answer, my child, I love you And as long as you're seeking my face You'll walk in the power of my daily sufficient grace. <laughs> At times I may grow weak and feel a bit discouraged knowing that someone somewhere could do a better job for who am i to serve you i know i don't deserve you but that's the part that burns in my heart and keeps me hanging on i ask you how many times will you pick me up when I keep on letting you down And each time I will fall short of your glory How far will forgiveness abound? And you answer, my child, I love you And as long as you're seeking my face You'll walk in the power of my daily sufficient grace You are so patient with me, Lord As I walk with you I'm learning what your grace really means The price that I could never pay Was paid at Calvary So instead of trying to repay you I'm learning to simply obey you By giving up my life to you for all that you've given to me I ask you how many times will you pick me up When I keep on letting you down And each time I will fall short of your glory How far will forgiveness abound And you answer, my child, I love you and as long as you're seeking my face You'll walk in the power Of my daily sufficient grace
When we get to heaven, some of us may sing like that. And we may even hear it in heaven. Thank you so much for coming. We would invite the deacons to come forward at this time. We will take up a love offering for them. One day a plain village woman Driven by love for her Lord Recklessly poured out a valuable essence Disregarding the score And once it was broken and spilled out A fragrance filled all the room Like a prisoner released from his shackles like a person set free from the tomb Broken and spilled out Just for love of you, Jesus My most precious treasure Let on thee broken and spilled out and poured at your feet in sweet abandon let me be spilled out and you up for thee. Lord, you were God's precious treasure, his one and his own perfect son. Send here to show me the love of the Father Just for love it was done And though you were perfect and holy You gave of yourself willingly You spared no expense Most 
precious treasure experiencing brokenness right now. You can take comfort in the fact that Jesus chose to be broken for you. I'm not sure how many of us would choose to go through what Jesus went through if given the choice. Jesus didn't have to go through any of the things he went through, but incredibly, he chose to. And because he chose to, He can personally identify with us in our pain. If you have been abused, Jesus knows what it's like to be abused. If you have been misunderstood, rejected, unfairly judged, Jesus knows what it's like to be misunderstood, rejected, and unfairly judged. If you have been rejected, abandoned, betrayed by those closest to you, Jesus knows what that's like. If it feels as though God is far away and silent when you cry out to him, Jesus knows what that's like because he endured it on the cross. And because of what he went through, not only can he identify with us in our pain, but he now, because of his resurrection, has the right to heal us from that pain and set us free from the sins that enslave us. He will take all of those things and turn them into something beautiful if we let him. I want to encourage you, wherever you are at in your spiritual journey right now, to give God full access to your heart, holding nothing back, letting him do the work in you that he needs to do. Yes, that process can be frightening at times, it can be painful at times, but in the end, it's worth it. God does want us to see our true spiritual condition, But this is the beginning of the Christian experience, not the end. For it is his desire that when we see ourselves as we really are, we will come to him, the only one who can supply the remedy. And when we do come to him, when we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain help in time of need, when we surrender ourselves into God's hands, letting him do what he needs to do in us, we will discover that there is blessing in brokenness because brokenness leads to healing.
All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily I surrender Humbly at His feet I bow Worldly pleasures all forsaken Take me, Jesus, take me now I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Jesus, I <clears throat> surrender. Make me Savior, holy thine. <clears throat> Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender I surrender Now I feel the sacred flame <clears throat> Oh, the joy of full salvation Glory, glory to His name <clears throat> I surrender
I'd like to invite you all to bow your heads. This song will be our benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Yeshua that great shepherd of the sheep make you complete As you do his will and may you always please the one who finds such pleasure in you through the blood of his own son to him be glory to him be glory forever and ever Father in heaven, I thank you and praise you for the incredible way you were able to take the most difficult of circumstances and work them out for our good. Father, comfort us with this knowledge when going through trials. Father, I just ask <clears throat> that you will be with each person, do a complete work of healing in their life. Father, I ask that you will be with us the rest of this Sabbath day. As we leave this place, go with us and abide in us so that the words we speak and the things that we do will reflect your love to others and lead them to you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and may you always please the one who finds such pleasure in the blood of his own son to him be glory to you be glory forever and